0: This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach, and I'm so psyched because on the line, I have a gentleman who feels the same way about wine as I do that, you know, let's just loosen up and drink, okay? (laughs) Not get so crazy. I have Jeff Siegel, the wine curmudgeon, on the line. He is in Texas, but like many of us, he focuses on wine, he drinks cheap wine (laughs) and he really wants to reach us and just take the intimidation out of wine and instead of doing that he wants to help educate us and just find a great bottle of wine maybe for ten dollars or less you've written a book called the wine curmudgeons guide to cheap wine Jeff welcome to the show
1: Hi, Roy, and thank you very much. And uh, it's it's always a pleasure to do a show where I'm being interviewed by somebody who likes to drink wine as much as I do.
0: (laughs) Well, what I love is, I mean, you've written for magazines and newspapers all over the country, and you have a very popular blog, The Wine Curmudgeon, um, and something on there called the $10 Hall of Fame. And that is the holy grail, isn't it? Finding the great $10 bottle of wine. Well, when I started
1: doing this uh, about 10 or 15 years ago and specifically focusing, well, actually, I guess it's been longer than it, has been closer to 20 years ago, and specifically focusing on cheap wine, uh, it occurred to me anybody can go spend a lot of money and find a great bottle of wine. But how come nobody had ever thought of finding a great bottle of wine for not a lot of money? Because you find that in almost every other consumer good. You
0: know, right. Consumer
1: reports and all that stuff exists to help people find great value. And the wine business had never really done that. Uh, So that's kind of how I got my start doing it.
0: I love that. And, you know, you like me like to speak in plain English so people can understand you, not use a lot of terminology and, and make it fancy. In other countries, people are so much more relaxed about wine. If you go to France, if you go to Italy, I mean, these are places that we think of having the best wines in the world. But the actual people who live there don't get so uptight about wine like we do.
1: No, and there's a, there are several different reasons for that, one of which is probably, you know, the, the after effects of Prohibition, where it was actually illegal to drink wine, and that still lets us in a lot of ways. But something that I, I believe in, is, really is, I think the wine business likes to make wine difficult. I think mm. they feel comfortable selling wine that way, and they sell plenty of wine that way so that there's no need to make it simple so people will understand it. And so there's no need for them to change. My my joke always is wine is supposed to come in real heavy bottles with corks. And anybody who thinks that it doesn't is crazy. And that's just not true because you can drink wine, you know, with wine packaging as anything. And screw caps came along a long time ago. And Mm -hmm. just have an open mind. Be willing
0: to try stuff. What's so awful about trying wine? I. (laughs) I can't find anything. (laughs) Well, I I know uh, people are forever, and we like to focus on the show Affordable Wine. I guess for me, and maybe it's because I'm a cork dork, but I think that means $20 or under per bottle. But I love this focus on your site where you're saying $10. What do people need to know about finding a great, cheap wine?
1: I think the first thing you need to look for is open your mind and be willing to try something you've never tried before. Mm-hmm. Americans are, Americans in particular are, we've been told we have to drink Cal, uh, uh, California wine, Chardonnay, Cabernet, and Merlot. And I think, and this is not to say there aren't great ten dollars wines from California that are Cabernet, Chardonnay, and Merlot. But I think if you open your mind and you look to wine from other places around the world that aren't those three varietals that are red blends or white blends, are made with grapes you've never heard of, you're going to find a whole lot of wine that's really interesting and a lot of fun to drink. Sicily is a huge value right now with a red grape called uh, Nervabula,
0: mm-hmm. a red, white it. grape
1: called Gri, Griot, and a, and a couple of others. Um, I'm a huge fan of um, white wine from Gascony in southwestern France, made with uh, uh, Colombard and Ugni uh, Blanc. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, grapes nobody's ever heard of, but because the real estate's less expensive, because they're grapes nobody's ever heard of, because they want to get a foothold in the United States, you can find these great wines. Um, the other thing that people always overlook is rosé, and mm-hmm. fortunately that's changing. I've been told, you know, I've been beating my head against the wall about rosé <laughs> for years. It's, it's almost impossible, it's almost impossible to buy a bad bottle of, of rosé for $10, I and mean, you really have to try to do it. No matter where it's from, doesn't matter who makes it. I
0: but love because
1: that. So the, the backlash against White Zinfandel... People were always reluctant, but over the last couple of years, um, a couple of generations of wine drinkers who did not grow up thinking that White Zinfandel was evil are willing to try pink wine, and uh, we're all the better for it.
0: And I think that's great. I always say on the show, if you can't pronounce it, you should be drinking it. And I think it's what you're trying (laughs) to say. I like that. I'm going to steal that. I'll send you the bill in the mail. Uh, (laughs) But I think it's what you're saying, right? Like, break out of the normal, and that's where the value is, that... That crazy Grüner Veltliner from Austria, or you know, which is a big favorite of mine, uh, you know, or the Assyrtiko from Greece, that's where you're going to find people because it's different. You're going to get more value there because they're trying to get into our heads. They're trying to make a name for themselves. So that's that's a great tip, I think. And in your book, The Guide to Cheap Wine, how is the book laid out? What can people expect in your guide?
1: I'm trying to put myself out of it. Want to teach people how to make their own decisions of wine, so they don't need scores, they don't need a bunch of uh, of old uh, old guys like me to tell them what to drink. That they understand what the wine business, how the wine business works, why prices are the way they are, why retailers are the way they are, mm-hmm. why grapes are the way they are. So that then when they go into a store, they can say, "Oh yeah, that's their reason," and I understand that, and this is how I'm going to buy wine because. The worst thing that's happened in the last 20, 30 years, despite the you know, tremendous increase in, in popularity in wine and, the, and, and so forth, the worst thing that's happened is people are terrified to try something different. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't have a score, if it doesn't have somebody's name on it, it's crazy. I mean, you, you go to the grocery store, a can of soup. Who cares what anybody thinks? You like <laughs> Campbell's cream of tomato soup? You buy
0: Campbell's tomato soup, whatever does it make? Right. Well, I, I love that. So the guide really is us getting inside your head, downloading yeah. everything you know about finding great cheap wine, and and really just offering that to your reader.
1: I, I, I come to wine not from wine. I come to wine from the newspaper businesses. I'm always proud of saying I worked for, for, for four newspapers during my career, and three of them folded. And this was even <laughs> before the last recession. Wow. Uh, so I was always taught to write for the consumer to explain things as, as you noted, Lori, to explain things in English in words they can understand about right. processes. This is how the system works. This is how you can understand the system and use the system to your advantage. And right. there aren't even any wine recommendations because it's about the process. If somebody wants a recommendation, they can go to the blog winecruising and you know, look Perfect. at the ten dollar Hall of Fame, look at the fifty two wines of the week. But the book's about the process. This I like is that. about how you can learn to pick out wine. You like you won't need anybody
0: else's help. Well, great. Jeff Siegel, the wine curmudgeon. You're the first curmudgeon I've ever had on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And you can go to thewinecurmudgeon.com to get the wine recommendations that he gives and also buy his book, The Guide to Cheap Wine. It is an award-winning blog, and there's a lot of great stuff out there. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us on The Sipping Point.
1: Thank you so much, Lori. I really appreciate it.
0: Cheers.